0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Adam Peek. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Adam Peak. Please go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast. It would mean a lot. Also, it would mean so much if you would support our sponsors. Shout out to SpecRite. They have been a ride or die for a while. They want you to imagine a world without waste. Listen, they are changing the game. You're going to be faced with EPR regulations. You're faced with price pressure. All of the things, if you don't know your data, if you don't know your specs, then you're just going to end up guessing... And you're going to end up wasting a bunch of money. You're going to end up wasting a bunch of material. The most sustainable thing that you can do is get to know your product specifications, your packaging specs. Go to specright.com backslash PKG. And you already know the link is in the show notes. Also, Supply Caddy is our newest sponsor. Supply Caddy is a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry. With headquarters in Miami, Florida, and manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe, Supply Caddy is able to provide high-quality, affordable products for restaurant chain, restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, go to SupplyCaddy.com. And you already know that. It's in the show notes. So make sure you support spec, Reach out to them. The team over there is incredible as is the team at supply caddy. Make sure you reach out to them also. Okay. Let's get to our latest interview right now. All right. So I am joined today here by my new friend, fellow podcast host, uh, Jonathan cage. Jonathan is the director of business development at ICPG. Excited to find out what that stands for. We have so many, so many abbreviations and acronyms in the packaging industry. Right. right. <laughs> now I get another one. Uh there you go. he is also the, is it co-host or host of the Crazy About Packaging podcast? Co-host,
1: yeah. Yeah. Co-host. Three of us on
0: it, yes. You have three. You're uh uh I was gonna go with a Trinitarian uh, like, are you the father, the son, or the? But it's fine. I won't. We won't go. There's right. Three, uh, yeah. There's
1: three. Three of us that are kind of on there, but uh, it's a
0: triumvirate. Of, it is.
1: It is. It's the trifecta. trifecta. of uh, of, uh, um, you know, we're we're really passionate about packaging, as so many people are, and we developed the, uh, the you know, we started the podcast, and now going into our fifth episode, and we sort of coined it, and you know, we're like, okay, well, yeah, well, how does it define us? And we're like. Yeah, you know, like a lot of people out there, we're just crazy about packaging. So we established the Cat Pack.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about that's exciting. And likewise, I mean, I obviously I've fallen in love with this industry. So yes. but how did you get here? So let's just take some moment to, sure. to, get to know who is uh oh man, does I'm actually thinking is there a <laughs> I believe there's a Street Fighter character named Johnny Johnny Cage.
1: Cage. Yeah, Yeah, Scorpion move.
0: That's right. That's (laughs) That's right. right.
1: Yeah, I I died a horrible death. But yes, yeah, yeah. People look at my life. They're like Johnny Cage. I'm like Johnny Cage.
0: Johnny Cage. That's it. Has just made my whole morning. I get to go tell people the rest of the day. Got to have a sit down with johnny cage it was there great. you go
1: perfect perfect so it's interesting adam i actually have spent the majority i'm originally from the southwest of england i came over to america and truly one of the you know the best moves i've made in my life i just absolutely love being in this country um and it's truly defined you know as for me uh as a land of opportunity it's been terrific so after going through uh university i um actually interviewed with a packaging company um, and uh, I had no idea about packaging and started, uh, I was actually meeting with the division president and uh, just walking through, I absolutely fell in love with it. And it was a blown film uh, operation, huge operation. And I just, you know, they were doing converting they were doing printing. And I was like, wow, I just absolutely fascinated. So one thing led to another and they they hired me in, lucky for me. And uh, that sort of started my career in packaging. So I was in pretty much linear low low density, medium density films, et cetera, and really got my feet wet on the film side, then kind of moved into more barrier film applications for a few years. Um, And then after being in that for, uh, gosh, I think about probably about five or six years, I then actually came over to rigid packaging uh, for thermoformed applications for formful seal and thermoforming um, and you know that's what I've really been focused on for the last you know I won't actually say how many years but a many years right so um, and so now I'm you know and then I, I, I actually uh, I got a really fantastic education in rigid materials and and again that's where my passion is which has now led to where i am today and my passion for sustainability and and you know continuing to develop new products etc and be part of the industry that's awesome where which school did you go study at so i went to ball state uh, initially um okay. and in uh, in indiana um i was you know, right off the day, right, fresh off the boat, and I'm like, okay, what do you do now? And so I had to sort of search around and figure out, you know, what university would fit. And they had a great business school, and so I went there. And then I ended up getting my uh, uh, MBA uh, in St. Louis. Uh, oh, okay. several, several years later, gotcha. uh, and I've had the opportunity to move around with a couple of different packaging companies around the states. lived in Chicago for a while, St. Louis, and and now here in North Carolina.
0: Got it. Got it. That's great. Uh, were you at, well, I'm trying to think back to, was it Bonzi Wells who played basketball at Ball State? I want to say. Oh, could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Mid yeah, mid nineties, so. maybe. I don't know. Right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. They,
1: they were great, bo- great basketball school for sure. Yeah.
0: You, you should be, if your name is Ball State, you would hope. Right. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. that's, that's fantastic. So, so now you're at, um, and by the way, Anyone can just go onto your LinkedIn page, Mister Cage, and find out how long you've worked at these companies. So you don't have <laughs> to speak. Well, the the we animal man, people.
1: you know, and then the dinosaur, you know, and then you know Jonathan in packaging.
0: We all have we all have the we all have the internet these days. Uh, I love it. So yeah. so you've you spent. Is it safe to say you've spent then your whole career working in some type of plastics around the packaging space is that is that accurate is. from film to barrier to rigid okay that's exactly um, right and and have you been able to work then in various types of or with various types of industries food bev pharmaceutical medical device all of them
1: yes um actually uh, my primary focus has always been in food packaging um, done a fair amount in medical as well. I also branched off uh, a couple of times and I went into uh, automotive, heavy truck transportation, et cetera, um, and got exposure to that when I was um, you know, with uh, uh, another company in the Midwest. So, but it really focused in the packaging area um, and quite a range of applications from, you know, formful seal, thermoforming, hot fill, deposit fill, seal, et cetera and working a lot on the development side uh, of packaging, um, depending it. on whatever the application needs were.
0: So what do you, well, what does ICPG stand for? I that so out.
1: yeah, so, it, so ICPG is our uh, impact uh, consumer products group. Um, and it's a division of impact plastics. Our headquarters are up in uh, Putnam, Connecticut. Uh, And we've we've sort of, you know, branched off and we've, you know, got this new division uh, that's located down in Hamlet, uh, where we do everything from monolayer to multilayer high-barrier co-extrusions. And then we've also developed our new XPP material, which is part of our sustainability um, focus, uh, actually for a replacement for polystyrene. So there's a whole story there, Adam, when you're ready for that one. Uh, No, let's talk about it. Sure, sure.
0: So so I just did a i was in i mentioned you was in st louis and i was at everyone told me i I, well i heard i heard mixed reviews on emo's pizza right so my uber (laughs) driver tells me
1: you either love it or you don't
0: my yeah my my uber driver says because i asked anytime i go to a new city i've never been to before i'm like hey uh where should i go eat like what's Mm -hmm. the spot that if i come here what's the style of food That when I go back, if I'm like, I was in St. Louis and someone else is there, they're going to say, oh, did you go to, and he said, Emo's Pizza. So, uh, put me into the, like, love, I thought the pizza was delicious. I really enjoyed it. I know other people might disagree, but you can fight about that later. Fight about it in the comments if you want to. Uh, So, but I get my drink, right? And it's in a polystyrene cup. Yeah. And I made a TikTok video about it because, and I put it on LinkedIn as well. And it said, like basically, under the exact perfect conditions, this polystyrene cup will biodegrade in four years. And I was like, but what can, I mean, and and it didn't really give, it gave some obscure ASTM number and if it does this, and I'm like, can you just tell me to put this in the trash? Because it was all green and it Mm -hmm. looked like recycling, right? So I'm like, how Mm -hmm. many people are not me we're just going to go dump this in their cycle bin and now so i have a lot of questions around polystyrene okay and and so we can let let's go hang out there this could be a really fun sure thing. sure I'm no good. it's yeah so you know, polystyrene
1: has been amazing material um it's been around for many years um i have worked on i actually worked on <clears throat> the initial development of the little creamer cups yeah um and all the way through to where we are today on polystyrene um and that goes back many years uh polystyrene really came under fire um more recently because of the monomer issue but also Prop sixty it became you know an issue under prop 65 so about 15 years ago um, a lot of the big uh, uh, cpgs the brand owners have been looking to get out of styrene. um it's 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 a smaller segment than say polypropylene Definitely, you know, compared to polyester and and, and etc. So it's not really recycled. It's it's you know it hasn't got the collection streams in place to, to collect it. But again, a phenomenal material that has done extremely well for many many years. I mean, it's provide you can you can extrude it uh, in monolayer or in multi layer configurations um, in cups, you know, etc. So it's been a real workhorse. Done great. Now it's come under fire the challenge a lot of the challenge with polystyrene is because it's got such tremendous properties how do you replace it so as i mentioned about 15 years ago we had started a journey on looking to try and replace polystyrene on form fill seal lines so if you think about form fill seal you've got yogurt pots um, you've got um, you know various other applications creamers etc Um, And there's a lot of styrene that's out there, but these machines were specifically built to run polystyrene. Now, trying to find a replacement for polystyrene, whether it's polyester or polypropylene, has been a monumental challenge. About four years ago, we partnered with um, one of our key uh, resin suppliers and we developed the XPP solution. And actually it started off you know, kind of like the Kodak and the 3M, we kind of made a few mistakes along the way. Our engineers bring out some samples that we were running on a uh, on on production trials, and we scored across this one uh, sheet, and it snapped cleanly right down the line. And that never happens with polypropylene. It's a super tough material. It's got flexibility, etc. So this was an aha moment in fact we believe that you know looking out the window from the conference room we saw their unicorns trotting across the parking lot we're like wow did you see that so yeah that was our unicorn anyway so we start you know so we found this unicorn so four years ago we really started uh you know focusing on replacing polystyrene uh and what and try and replicate those properties with a new material and we are material agnostic so we looked at you know all different materials, and we narrowed it down to this specific grade of polypropylene, or this, and and that combined with our conversion process enabled us to control a lot of the properties of polypropylene and mimic those of polystyrene to the point now we have trials going on uh, globally. Um, where brand owners really are engaged in looking at this material as more of a sustainable replacement for polystyrene.
0: Got it. And I I hope, I mean, obviously we have a large demographic of packaging folks that listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's about packaging. If you're a random person, it's because you're either part of my family. Hi, mom. Or, you know, you, you you just stumbled upon this. Or, or they know you. But yeah. I, I have been telling anyone who will listen to me the complexity around packaging and mm-hmm. sustainability. And you just detailed something that very, very, very few people will understand, which is you can't just sub out a material for no. another material. There are... That, that is a, I think you said it's a monumental task in, in many is. cases. So you can't just switch. You can't just, you know, s- flick on some legislation and say, okay, now we're going to move from polystyrene to polypropylene. It's like, yeah. well, we have equipment, we have machines, we have, we have to consider the life cycle. We have to consider the barrier properties. Is it even going to work? I mean, there, there's so much to it. And especially with something like food yes or beverage it's like it doesn't do us any good to change the material but degrade the quality of the food to a point where the food is now being tossed it's like so i i just i don't know I'm, i'm guessing is that an area that that you spend a lot of time working with these cpg companies on is understanding what the totality of excuse me, the totality of sustainability looks like Mm -hmm. for them and walking them through these things?
1: I do. Um, And that's really, you know, I've I've been privileged, I feel, to have had all of this experience over the years. So I'm very familiar with the applications, the process and the material requirements. And you're exactly right. If it was that easy to create a solution, both financially or, you know, for sustainability, um, great, Uh, that would be perfect. But it's not. It is extremely challenging. And just like you laid out, Adam, you know, you have to consider the performance properties, the application requirements. What are the shelf life? What's the uh, the crush? How does it perform through various uh, converting processes as well? And this can apply not only to rigid, but, you know, all sorts of other packaging as well and what we have tried to do is simplify our, ma- our mantra is really how do we start to simplify some of these extremely complex structures so that they get captured so we can get curbside recycling and close that gap and eventually uh, you know create circularity but it is you know like i had mentioned on this this particular project it started 15 years ago right you know, and it's not only it's like Yeah, polypropylene had been used as a potential replacement, but you had to add other components, you know, like fillers or additives or compounds, whereas this solution has none of that. The Mm. thing is, is that then that changes how it gets recycled because now you've got other content uh, in that material. And the cool thing about this, you know, about polypropylene is it's lightweight as well. So you get a yield advantage over other materials. That means less trucks on the road you know that's you know better utilization uh, uh of the the material itself but again extremely complex a lot of testing i would say average to try and replace a material for a brand owner is probably somewhere in the range of 3 years uh, you know, that it's it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a path
0: that would be at best right I mean, yeah 3 best. 5
1: yeah i mean we're we're living it now and we're going in, you know we're on year 4 going into year 5 and it, it, it is very very complex from regulations, migration, you know, materials, capital investment to to modify equipment, the whole nine yards. So there's a lot that goes into it. Uh,
0: I I don't know where this next question is going to go, but I'm going to ask it. So okay. you you are you're, you're familiar. You're from. You said southwest of uh, the UK, correct? Yes. Where where exactly did you grow up? Bath.
1: Um, I was born, born and raised in Bath in the Southwest and then moved around, was living in Germany for a, a year or two and then France and, uh, Brussels okay. before coming to the States.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you still say process, which is great. I'm glad hold <laughs> on to aluminium, <laughs> hold on to vitamins, yeah, yeah, hold on to those and treasure them because there we go. So, so you, you're. As, as I look at the EU and I see what's happening mm-hmm. with extended producer responsibility over there yes. and some of the clunkiness that the rollout has been, particularly in areas like France, mm-hmm. France, uh, then... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And yeah. and now I'm seeing, you know, Colorado, Maine, Oregon, right. California, you know, these, there's uh, probably forgot one, but you see EPR starting to roll out here in the United States. hmm what are you doing now with with these brands these cpg brands to help educate and get them prepared for that while also knowing that there's a three to five year timeline to get changes made Mm -hmm. but we don't know what the rules are going to be because it's so fluid in three to five years what what are those conversations like with these cpg companies
1: well they're, they're 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 interesting and they're challenging because there's there's um expectations that are being set that are not necessary reality uh, i feel um you know if you take pcr and, and for instance you know an incorporation of pcr into packaging well that's great to have those um you, you know those systems in place but it takes collaboration between packaging producers resin suppliers uh you know the the brand owners the consumers etc Try and, you know, get your arms around um, EPR. Uh, it's it, it, it's, it's uh, very complex. Um, and I think that, that education is so critical um, to understand what all of those requirements, because right now, you know, there's a tremendous amount of energy that's being put into sustainability and trying to figure out how we can, you know, get to circularity. Does that, you know, involve EPR? Yes, of course. It also, uh, you need to take into consideration designing for recyclability. Uh, You know, so many other factors that come into play. People don't really recognize, again, going back to the 15-year journey, that, that to replace a material, to come up with a new material, whether it's compostable, biodegradable, you know, comes from you know, Mother Earth. Um, That is complex. That is that is not an easy solution. So it does take time it takes going through the regulations, doing all of the testing and providing the brand owners with all of uh, the background and everything all the information that they need to be able to try and determine how they're going to move forward with certain materials and of course, how that plays into EPR.
0: Yeah, that's very well put. I, I'm, I am concerned, as as a not only a, you know a citizen of of the U.S. and and, and yeah. I have five kids and my family. What yeah. I'm concerned is going to happen is there's going to be a short period of time, and I don't know what that time is, but but a few years, where brands are iterating and trying to build out to match uh, these, these laws, because you, you'll have to default to the, to the lowest common denominator, right? So mm-hmm. whatever is the most complex, hardest EPR law, you know, let's say, let's say, I don't know, Vermont comes out with it and mm-hmm. you, you can't, you, companies are not going, especially food companies and beverage companies, they're not going to have just like Vermont packaging and then the rest of it, right? It's going to be yeah. the whole thing. What I suspect is going to happen, and I hope doesn't, but I suspect will happen, is that those costs are just going to be passed down to the consumers while they're figuring it out. So, you know, we'll just pay more for, 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 yeah. the, for, the, for the items, whatever it is, it's being taxed from an EPR standpoint, you know, right. so let's say they determine that, for example, polypropylene, they say polypropylene is bad. And, and you have to pay a lot more money it's like well do you know how hard it is to switch from <laughs> yeah, yeah right 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 and then do you know the benefits
1: of each of the materials Correct. you know and and so you know by putting in those regulations and not really you know having direct dialogue with the brand owners the food companies medical who whatever industry you know is a disservice because that's making that's muddying the water it's making it a mess and we need to, you know, I, I, like I, yesterday I was uh, on with the U.S. Plastics Pack doing a fantastic job on really trying to understand how we can collect PCR and how we can close the loop on PCR. You look at some other countries, Belgium, uh, et cetera, um, you know, where they've really got some great systems. America is a huge company, a country with, you know, uh, lots of infrastructure and, and different, you know, road requirements and uh, regulations for packaging in different states. And so we need to be able to come to common ground where that is all uh, streamlined, um, streamlined, simplify and educate.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, it's and for the record, I'm I'm not on the anti. I think you're saying the same thing. I'm not anti EPR at all. I, I no. think there has to be some level yes of oversight and compliance. Right. It's yes. just Reach out to, you know, folks like yourself and the the Association of Plastics Recyclers and the U.S. Plastics, get everybody, get all of the stakeholders there. There was an article that's uh, I forget which state had to pause their EPR because nobody in the nobody had talked to the recyclers to find out if they could actually do right yeah. in the law. It was like yeah. you wrote a yeah. law without talking <laughs> yeah. to the people who have to execute on it. Like come on. Right. You want a car with this
1: without it with a steering wheel? Are you kidding? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, well, no, I couldn't agree more.
0: So let's tie this up here and I want to hear a little bit about your about the podcast and sure. You know how w- so what are the things that, that the three of you talk about, or is it just the three of you bring bringing on guests? Like, tell me a little bit about it. How do people find it? And then finally we'll end with how do people get in touch with you?
1: Right. So you can find our podcast, uh, cat pack, uh, on, uh, LinkedIn, on Instagram, you can go onto our website at icpg.co. Uh, you can, you can grab it from there. Um, you know, we're, we're crazy about packaging. So we talk about a lot of different things uh, in packaging. Um, we haven't had any guests yet. But we we, you know, that's that's on the docket. Um, you know, we, uh, we address everything from problematic materials to focusing on sustainability, we do, uh, we did a one show on our XPP material, uh, which was pretty exciting, you know, and how that all developed. Um, and so, um, you know, we just continue to, to try and elevate and educate, um, you know, our audience or listeners on the benefits of, of plastics. You know, for instance, one of our, our podcasts coming up is on food waste and waste. And that is so critical. If you can extend a, a day or a week shelf life for a fruit, food processor, that's huge because that then you know reduces the amount of waste and so yeah we're talking about current current uh, issues and regulations and you now it's it's uh, it's it, and and mostly focused on on sort of rigid thermoforming and formful seal packaging
0: got it okay um well i'll make sure to have links to your podcast That'd uh, be great. down down in the show notes for sure uh, i will give you the advice that I gave to when when uh, when I talked to Corey Connors and Avelio Matos, yeah, who, yeah. when I was talking to them about starting their podcast, I, I I said this and I'll say the same thing to you. Right. It's fun and it's energizing. And I don't want to say it's easy to start a podcast, but you, you can use. There's a lot of free available things to start a podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it becomes difficult to sustain a podcast. So uh, I'm rooting for you. I, I want you. I we need more content. We need more good people out there, you know, sharing their perspectives in this packaging industry. And and so I I, I want I want you all to be sitting here. This is probably because I record. You know, we record earlier and then we <laughs> release. Them. Um, this by the time this one comes out, I think I'll be over 200 episodes. So fantastic. It's, it's, There's a lot of uh, passion and grit and grind.
1: There (laughs) is, there is.
0: But, but I will tell you, it's worth it. So I'm, I'm excited for y'all to. (laughs) Sorry, you're in the south. I'm excited for y'all
1: to (laughs) to continue the process. It's very British. Of (laughs) creating this podcast. Yeah, Uh, actually, Corey was the first guy, first uh, podcast I ever did. Oh, awesome um, and and really just just love his work uh and, and what he's doing he's terrific yeah yeah it's always, always a pleasure to see him
0: love corey and and now i get to call you a friend i can just, there like, we go uh, me, and, me and johnny cage are tight so don't mess with me. Uh, <laughs> exactly I, yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things so how do people get in touch with you then specifically so we know how they get um, to the podcast
1: how do yeah so you? i i can be reached uh you know again i'm on linkedin uh, i'm on instagram um, and, uh, or you can just go onto our, uh, our website, uh, or just email me at, uh, at Love to, love to chat. And, uh, you know, like you, Adam, you know, I'm very passionate about, uh, you know, engaging in the packaging field and in the industry and, uh, you know, driving towards more sustainability. It's what I wake up and love to do every day. And we will
0: leave it at that. Jonathan thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure, Adam. I appreciate it. I hope I was the first of many. This has been fun.
1: Really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.